Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Welcome to Black Girl Stuff. Black girl stuff. Those women that stick around for all those years are just placeholders. We're going into the comments to discuss what it means to be a placeholder in a relationship. Tonight, we have a very special guest co-host with us from reality TV to the big screen. None other than actress, entrepreneur, and influencer. Give it up for Ms. Regine Carter. Hey, Ms. Carter. Glad to be here with all these nice, comfortable chairs. It's like a good old suburban living room. <laughs> from rags to riches, Country Wayne has us laughing all the way to the bank. If you send me to jail, it's gonna be three more kids that the government system gonna have to take care of, because my baby mama don't got no job. <laughs> Can I talk about my anxiety? had depression coming all varieties. Plus, we weigh in on the stigma of black men and mental health. Depression doesn't have a look. It's the internal warfare and battles that you can't see. All that and more tonight on Black, black Girl, Girl Stuff. Stuff. Welcome to Black Girl Stuff. We gotta jump right into the comments. Have you ever wondered why some men get out of years-long work for relationships and then marry the next woman within months? Well, TikTok user Shavi.Ally says that it's giving placeholder, sis. Let's take a look. I'm gonna be real. Those women that stick around for all those years are just placeholders. That's it. That is not that man's dream woman. That man is appreciating the comfort and the convenience that that woman provides to his life. Well, what do y'all think a placeholder really is? Because at this point, I feel like if we're not married, we all placeholders in somebody's life. If she's saying that if you're in a relationship for X amount of years and it don't work out, you're just a placeholder, not that something just happened. Because I feel like sometimes people just go through shit and it just, you try to fit it and it don't work. That's a part of dating. Yeah. But I don't think it makes you a placeholder, but I do understand uh, half of what she's saying, too, because I'm like, that kind of makes sense. In life, you learn through your experiences. So I think sometimes it gets messed up because you're dealing with somebody for a long time and you're learning off of them, basically. Like, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. Right. And I think that ends up happening and you kind of could become a placeholder. Like, you staying with a man for a long time, he's learning what he does and doesn't like about you. And then he goes on a couple of months later after y'all break up and goes with the next chick and you're like, what the hell? But really, it only happened because he learned from you. And I think men use women in that sense and I think that's messed up. I'm not about to play with nobody, so please don't play with me. Like, I feel like I'm going to be honest 
honest with you. Like, I feel like you can kind of tell by a person's actions, too. Like, if it starts to become very materialistic or just all about the physical, then mm. you're not really into me. You're using me for this time being until you move on to the next chick, so. Some people looking at placeholding as if, like, you know you're benefiting off of them or they benefit off of you. Like, say, many celebrity relationships, I feel like they placehold each other to get up or get on top or, like... Clout chase. Or clout chase. Yeah. Oh, that makes like, sense. It's a lot of industry relationships where they go to the it girls when it's probably, like, a girl that they've mm -hmm. been messing with for mm -hmm. a long time and she probably, like, I'm like... I'm here. What? Yeah. But nah, she more lit than me. Or she this, she yeah, that. Yeah. That's, like... That girl may feel like, damn, I was placeholding just for you to go get a litter, like, more mm -hmm. lit bitch. Like, I can see that. To be honest, I have probably placeholded some dudes. Because I have told a dude before, like, hey, we just cool. It's nothing serious. I'm not looking for a committed relationship. And then a couple months later, I might meet somebody else. And they bring <laughs> something else out of me. And then yeah, I get in a relationship. Real, no, and I it might you. not have been that. I, I wasn't looking at it like, oh, you're a placeholder. But I just maybe saw something in you that let me know that I didn't want to commit to you or mm -hmm. a long-term relationship relationship with right. you, but I still enjoy spending time with you. I still wanted to kick it right. and be friends. So I think that that might be... I think it's different levels or different definitions Absolutely. of a placeholder. Right. Yeah. Also, I feel like when she was saying, like, the people that stay for a long time, I feel like, you know, you're not gonna be feeling like you're holding a place where it's somewhere that you belong. Mm. So maybe she's saying, like, you're holding that place because you're not happy. You're not satisfied. You're not, like, he's not showing, or she's not showing you your worth. Mm -hmm. So, yes, you are feeling like, I'm just holding, so I'm just, I'm stagnant. Stuck. Yeah. I'm stagnant. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, I can't go nowhere because it's like, damn, I love this person or I wanna be with this person, but. You know when somebody loves you and when somebody's showing you, you your worth. Or you know what you love mm -hmm. and what you want in a relationship. So I feel like she's talking about, listen, you in these six, seven, eight, ten-year relationships... I think it's the time. ...and it's like you're not happy. Mm -hmm. You're always... And people got to understand, like, your environment and the people around you does a lot to you. Like, yeah, you got to... People be like, damn, why I'm not over there? Or why I'm not... Why I didn't get that audition? Or why... Maybe because the people around you or Blocking the place blessing, that you yeah. at or something like a lot of people block your blessings. So mm -hmm. one way you could tell that if you are a placeholder or if you placeholder, when you talk about your future, if you're not including them in it, like, oh, I can't wait till I get my house. And it's like our house. Mm -hmm. right. You can tell, listen but to But it's love bombers yeah. that'll do our house. Uh -huh. And I, but then when it's time for it, they be like, Oh, what do we do? How do you feel about men who get out of one relationship where they were being taught or complained about this one type of thing and they get in the next relationship and give a different side of themselves to the next girl mm -hmm. versus the ex? Like, does that consider... Like, how do y'all feel about that? Do you think that people are allowed to grow from that? Or is that was... That was just a placeholder in your life. I think people should grow. It's practice. That's what dating is. It's you're practicing until you get it right. You're not gonna get it right the first time. So just because it didn't work out with one person, maybe somebody was telling you, show me more time, show me more time. When you get in that re next relationship, you don't want to keep hearing that. Because yeah. it's like a mirror. When you keep complaining to men, it's almost like you holding a mirror up showing them where they failed. Right. And they don't want to feel like that. So I can understand you not wanting to have that same problem you had in your last relationship. If you get to the next relationship, I hope that you grow. Right. I hope you 
learn something. Please. Yeah. Right. Like, learn you something know? And that's for it. me, too. I've grown, even as a woman, just things that I've learned in my next relationship. So I'm, I think we all supposed to get better. Mm -hmm. But it is a lot of men who don't get better. They just get in the next relationship, love bomb them, mm -hmm. and that shit don't be getting no better. So they like, we feel a way. It's just like, oh, now you over there lying. Look at you. Yeah. Ain't learn shit. Right. <laughs> Still doing the same shit. Same shit, but right. over there. <laughs> Let's be honest. Have y'all ever held a guy in like a placeholder situation? Because like I said, I've definitely been talking to a guy and knew like after a month or two, oh, I would never get in a relationship with you, but still continue to see that person until I found my next relationship. I feel like that was my version of a placeholder. I'm not gonna lie. I, I think I, I kind of have because like, and it was with a, until I got <laughs> back with my ex type situation. <laughs> but it was by accident because it's like, <laughs> yeah, like you, you was cute. We had a little moment. Then eventually me and my ex might start talking and it's like, peace, bruh. I'm gonna highlight you. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, so I've definitely had a placeholder and it's unfortunate for that person because I'm it and you know, you got But really, I, be I need more up. information it's... on it, y'all, because I, I feel like I'm, I'm getting it, but it's like, what's the difference between a placeholder and a rebound? Mm. Because like, maybe I've had a placeholder by accident. That's why I was laughing. Because I was right. like, maybe <laughs> I did do that. But I, I like being upfront with people like you. So were you really placeholder if you told him, hey, I'm not looking for something serious? Was mm. I feel like you wasn't holding him. You were saying, I don't want this. So he had the the knowledge you were upfront that he could go do whatever. He yeah, chose that's, that's not you realize holding. that right. about True. that You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think it's more so when you're in a relationship and you love bombing and lying mm -hmm. to this person, telling them you're going to be away or something. Yeah. I'm mm -hmm. not really sure, but I just feel like people don't want to be alone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So a lot of men are insecure and they just can't fathom, especially because they, in they head when y'all break up or we break up, they swear we on to the next. Yep. But we don't move like that as women. It kind of takes some time. We can't just place hold. Yeah. We're not just getting a man and say, hey, da, 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 da. no, yeah. it takes us time. We we love people. We want to get to know them. Mm -hmm. We're not just holding, like, men can go f somebody for a season and then be on to marrying the next, the next yeah. woman. I, I think crazy. it's different. Yeah. But I don't want to say I placed hold somebody and if I did, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think I placed hold. I don't think I placed um, hold. I'm like a fairy tale lover <laughs> and I just love, so I feel like if you even came close to even getting a place to hold, I guess. Like, right. you know, right. you I don't, really it's not even a place. place. Yeah, yeah, you was really something. Right. So, like, do you feel like people who are men who have placeholders, like you said, for that extended period of time, like she said, and hasn't made a commitment, are they just afraid of being alone? My opinion is I feel like not every man cheat, but I feel like every man got a little placeholder that they could call up and they hold in some place. They might be holding the, oh, I just sleep with you place, or they might be holding the wife one, or they might be, because we allow that, we allow men to do that. Yeah. And that's, it's, I don't feel like we really play, like if somebody make us mad or we found out, no, baby, you gone, mm. bye. Like, I know me, I'm not about to keep letting you come. First yeah, of all, it's germ, it's too much, I don't play about me. Yeah, right, right. So it's like, I'm not about to keep, I know you sleeping around, I'm not about to let you sleep in his, in his yeah. bed. Right. So it's like, it's just different things like that, too. I got a question then. So, does social media play a part in placeholding? Because it sounds like men basically can't make up their minds. There's a lot of men out there that just have bad decision-making. They don't know what mm -hmm. decision to make. Back in the day, it just used to be, if you want a cheeseburger or you want a no cheeseburger. You had two. <laughs> it was very easy to find out what was best for you. Mm -hmm. Or you found the baddest chicken in your little town. Yeah. And, and that was you it. You walked it out right. with yeah. from around the way. But, but now you get in a relationship and you may get online and you yeah, see something else. Options. It's yeah. easy to say, oh, well, I yeah. thought this was good, but I see this. And it may not be better, but they may feel like, oh, well, I want to... They like the idea of, oh, I have she options. She holding the place 
place in Miami. She hold the place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I got a chick in every state. Right, yeah. so of course, somebody going to be a place over if they, like you said, if they allow it. All right, well, we ain't holding no places over here, but you need mm. to hold that remote, OK? <laughs> no, no. Up next, we sit down with author and comedian Country Wayne. Don't go too far, because you're watching Black Girl Stuff. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Hey, man. This is my pops right here. For y'all don't know me, man, I'm going to get straight to the point. This hit my spirit about two days ago, and I said, I got to put this up. Forgive your parents. Forgive your parents. The earlier you do that, the better your life going to be. That was actually a word from our next guest doing what he does best across multiple social media platforms with millions of followers. Let's give a big BG welcome to comedian and now author, Country Wayne. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Country Wayne. How y'all doing? We happy to have you. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm glad to be here with all these nice, comfortable chairs. Okay. Right? <laughs> cozy? Yeah, like a good old, you know what I'm saying, suburban living room. Yeah. <laughs> They're comfortable so you can open up mm -hmm. and pour out oh, all your yeah, feelings. Yeah, I'm open. Feel you know what I'm saying? I'm free, so, you know, a free person will always be open. So your new book, Help Is On A Way, talks about you getting caught with drugs, but then joking your way out of jail time. Tell us about that, because how'd that go? Right. Oh, you know, I had to use what God gave me, man. I told the judge <laughs> the truth, and the truth the truth to set you free. I made him laugh, but I wasn't trying to make him laugh. Oh. I just told him if he, if he send me to jail, it's going to be three more kids that the government says going to have to take care of, because <laughs> mm, my baby mama don't got no job. Mm. And, <laughs> and he bust out laughing, everybody bust out laughing, so I ended up getting 10 years probation instead of going to prison. That was God. Yeah, that was God. Now let's get into this book. Um, you mentioned in your book that your mom died when you was 11 years old, but you said that she died because of poverty. Can you explain what you meant by that? Oh, I just, you know, she was always stressed, man, because my, my daddy, you know, he wouldn't look out unless, you know what I'm saying, unless they were dealing with each other. Mm -hmm. So she, her having three kids, I seen that stress on her. So she was always stressed out, man. And poverty, that's why, that's one of the main things I try to alleviate out of my baby mama's lives, you know what I'm saying, because you can't be broke and have a broke heart. Both of them don't go together. Well, that's yeah. too much brokenness. That is too much brokenness right now. Yeah. Broken and a broke heart. Well, you do a have lot. a few baby moms. So mm -hmm. I have to ask, like, do you think that maybe losing your mom early on is what led you to seeking love from different women in oh, the streets? Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, I always liked the um, girl from the streets because my mama was from the streets. So when I seen them, I really seen my mama. So I already knew, uh, hey, I just always wanted, I just like that, I just like that type of woman. You know what I'm saying? To bring a woman from there and bring them with me, but you can't bring them all. You can't be with them all. You can what, bring them. Right. What do you mean by that type of woman? Like, what's that somebody, type? You know, somebody who just ain't really got the opportunity. In reality, people can say what they want to say, but man, when you're growing in them environments, man, only a few percent is going to get out. Mm. For real, for real. So I wanted to be that guy that my mom was looking for, that that look out for you and beat up for you, but not under conditions. Mm. You don't got to deal with me. You know what I'm saying? I don't care what you do no more. I just want to help you for real. So right. you can at least enjoy this part. Now, I can't be with you because I'm only one person. Did mm. you buy all your, um, the mother of your children homes? Oh, yeah. They all, yeah, they all stay around. Um, in the all, same community, same right? Same community. So do they all get along? Because how does that work? Because I wouldn't want my house in the community. Can I? Cause no, I it ain't really community. Around. Like, you know, like 10 to 15, 20 minutes away from each other. Oh, okay, so right around. Okay. Not the same neighborhood, but we all close. So with the kids at my house, uh, a few of them got keys to my house. They just sold it. 
You just like so how does that work with like co-parenting? Do they all get along? Do you instill the respect, or does it have to come on the woman? Do the woman have to want to get along to co-parent, or do you kind of put your foot down and say, "Hey, we're doing this together"? Does it take a man to kind of make the bond? Oh yeah, you got you got to stand on that. Like when it comes to those kids, I stood on it so long. Don't matter what relationships or what going on, they all get along organically now. But you know, it was when I lift all of them up. If you have one living like this and the other one living like that, yeah, them kids gonna yeah. always feel that. Mm -hmm. But when you start allowing those mothers to live a certain way, the kids, it become like this equilibrium. Mm -hmm. You could judge a man by how he treated his first or prior yeah. baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but sure. they all cool. Now I gotta admit, like they have their problems, issues sometimes, but when it comes to them kids, man, they'll go pick this child up. They'll be in Panama. I sometimes I don't even know where they at. It's like <laughs> it turned out beautiful in the end. It ain't start that way. You yeah. know, a lot of toxic stuff went on in the beginning. We I mean, love that. But yeah. yeah, it's beautiful now, though. What I like about what you said, what your experience with your father in your book is that he wasn't always there, but he did, you know, step up as you got older. Being that you have 10 kids and you competing with Nick Cannon at this point, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> do you feel a way about not being able to divide your time equally with them? A little bit, you know what I'm saying? Because you know those kids, you know, it's when you were in one parent home, but just being realistic, coming from where I come from, I don't really feel guilty because everybody know what people be talking like, man, we know we all from the streets. So it's gonna something gonna grab you, you know, yeah. whether it's whether it's drugs or you know, we ain't none of us perfect. So I'm just glad they all here and I'm glad I'm where I'm at. So I'm glad I got a lot of them because we give them a lot of chances to go Place. be somebody. Because yeah. sometimes you have that one child, mm -hmm. you know, they raise each other. So yeah. they feed off each other. Me and my brothers, we always mm -hmm. they prepare you for the world each other, cause your parent can't raise you all the time. Even if you got one child, that parent gotta go to work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. So that work become their child. So listen, right. when you realistic about it, even if you got one child, man, you go, you're not gonna give that child that much time. Yeah. So they gotta, you know, when you got a village, man, a bunch of cousins and stuff, you kinda learn from each other. Well, it's good that you think about it that way. Cause oh, yeah. I feel like most men, even if you do have one child, they're not active in that child's life at all. And then, you know, that child yeah. ends up turning to the streets and has nobody to look forward to. But your dad also, you know, he was helping you out in the streets with what he knew. So you kinda got that game from him. So yeah. that's what's up. You have seven daughters, and with females, with girls, is different. I got eight of them now. Eight Ooh, now? Okay. Okay, congrats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Okay, so you have eight daughters. Mm -hmm. So you would have to, like, you know, you need that father figure and that, like, what are your rules for them? Like, what do you tell them to, like, go on life about men, dating, whatever, anything? I tell them to keep it real. I like, man, I told my daughter the other day, I said, man, y'all got to keep it real and just, just simple stuff. Like, man, first of all, you got to find a relationship with God. Cause that's the only thing really gonna protect you out there. And I just I just keep it real. Like, put yourself first. Don't be mm -hmm. putting that too much into men. I tell my I just tell the women I was with, like, stop putting too much into me. Cause a man will get tired of a woman put too much into him, but he'll never get tired of a woman putting too much in her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You gotta stay up. So I told him the other day in the kitchen, man, because some of them teenagers, I'm like, man, love yourself. Mm -hmm. So that way when your heart do, a man do leave you, you ain't gonna feel it like that. Mm -hmm. It might hurt for three days, but they ain't finna have you all. The rest of your life worried about, no. You'll yeah. bounce back. You'll bounce back. Yeah. You and your ex, Jess Hilarious, mm -hmm. were together for six months, yeah. right? And you bought sis a house. What made you buy her house so quick? Like, what happened? Well, first of all, <laughs> I rented a house. Oh, OK. You rented a house. Yeah. Totally different thing. Yeah, you know, I got a house because you. I was kicking with her. She had a place, but she wanted to move closer to her. I'm like, I ain't finna just be staying with you because mm -hmm. I was about to get me a house anyway. OK. Because I'm not about to just live in no girl house. Yeah, so it had to be She yours. wanted to build a house. She's my girl. I like her. And <laughs> this is what you about to get. Okay, that's fire. So you take care of your ladies. 
Yeah, for sure. I was about to ask, what's the baby mama care package looking like? We need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies, they ain't get a house. What's the baby mama's going? The baby mama hit six figures a year right okay. now. Okay. Oh, come on, baby mama. Like right. Luke working for me. Are you in a relationship right now? Nah. Do you think that you could settle down and be with, like, one woman? Yeah, for sure. I'm a husband. Forever. Yes. But what are okay. you looking for in a woman? I just look for somebody to be real, man. What's real? What qualifies yeah, as real? Everybody know what real is. I don't know. We <laughs> might not know. What's your real, definition of real? The being real self without the influences of the world. Okay. Like, for real, mm -hmm. like, be who you want to be, like, because that's who I am. Like, I do not care about the industry. I don't care about their fame. I don't care about none of this. Like, I give it all back and go live in the trailer. Mm. So I want somebody who just real and don't let the world, I don't want nobody who a text message or a comment could change their whole day. I got you, yeah. I want somebody mm. to sit around and really be That's like, bro, it's us. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I ain't got time for nobody who really care about the world that much, man, because that aggravate, man, because I don't care. Yeah. So I'm chilling. Like, I'm like a person who on weed all the time. I don't smoke a drink, but I'm always high. You be chilling. So I need somebody who be chilling, man, just vibing, man. I don't miss me with all that. Do you think that that potential lady could handle, you know, all these different love interests you be having in the country wing world of the skits? Because they be looking like them skits be are written. Yeah, no. you be kissing, going with folks, breaking up with folks. They can't handle it. That's why I'm single, though, because I told I told my exes, I say, now look, I say, I don't I don't ran it up. If I was with y'all, I wouldn't have been able to ran it up like this, because y'all would have been looking at them skits. Going crazy. And not realize it's acting. Don't respect, you know, because when it first started out, people like, oh, them just skits. So they weren't respecting it. Mm -hmm. But when I ran the bag up, now they respect. I say, I would have never got to this point. Mm -hmm. But they'd be like, yeah, you'll put up with it now, but you still won't put up with it. As soon as you see me kiss this girl and that skit drop and everybody on Instagram, Facebook, like, oh, y'all look good together. And I come home, you're going to fake like you're okay, but I can feel your energy. Mm -hmm. Like, you ain't going <laughs> to. So, no, nah, it ain't going to be no... It ain't gonna be nobody. So how was it transitioning from making the skits to transition? Because we about to get into your Netflix special. Mm -hmm. But like, what what's the difference from doing your skits to now you on a big screen? Like, is it harder to convince people you're funny? Is it is it different? Because a lot of social media influencers, it's hard to tell whether they're funny or not because they never actually hit a stage like the actual mm -hmm. older OG comedians. For sure, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, but with me it was easier because I already had a life, so I had a lot to talk about. You know what I'm saying? Because I had seven kids by the time I was 22. Got a lot of brothers and sisters, you know what I'm saying? So I had an advantage because I already had a voice. I already had the content. Mm -hmm. I just had to learn how to be a comedian. And it was e it was an easy transition, for real. Because it was, a, it was a gift. It's going to be that one. When that special drop, it's going to change the game, for sure. Okay, well, we're about to change the game with you. We need you to stay with us, kick it with us a little bit, weigh in on our next topic, because we need a male's perspective. Mm -hmm. All right, y'all, be sure to go cop his new book, Help Us On The Way. It's out now. And don't go nowhere, because Country Wayne is sticking around to join us with our very special topic. We got more black girl stuff on the way. Uncle, he hired me as a professional drug dealer one time. I was hired. You don't understand. You're looking at me like you judge me. When I graduated, I already had some kids. So my uncle came to me with a cash money draw. He said, nephew, I'll pay you $1,000 a month, I mean, a week, to ride with me to go pick up my weed. He was a big time drug dealer. He had all the weed. He had the loud and the quiet. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. 
It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. That's why I tell people depression doesn't have a look. I've seen people have everything in the world and go home and take their life. And you say, well, he was such a nice guy. He had everything. Yeah. It's the internal warfare and battles that you can't see. Because think about it. Life is one big masquerade party. That was former athlete Jay Barnett speaking his truth about what depression may or may not look like. And Country Wayne is back with us to share his perspective on black men and mental health. According to an article in Health Central, one in 10 black men are living with depression, but experts believe that many more may be struggling in silence. Now, as a black woman, y'all, I have to admit that I've often been told growing up, be strong, suck it up, keep going, you know, don't let them see you sweat. And so I've expected that from the black men in my life and around me. I expect them to be stronger than me. So do y'all feel like y'all have experienced or witnessed black men either going through depression? Have you, as a black man, battled with depression? and what did it look like? I feel like black men are afraid to almost talk about depression in a sense because I think the judgment that comes with it, like, for a man to open up is already a lot because I feel like women naturally just let it go. We just spill it all out. It's all there on the floor. But when a man talks about his emotions and all the things that he deals with on his day-to-day basis, it becomes something that he really has to internalize. He has to go to war with himself just to let it out. So I feel like a lot of the times men are afraid to, like, let it go because of the judgment that comes with it. And I think that's why a lot of them are dealing with depression because they can't express it to us, to people in general. They don't know how to go to a therapist or maybe talk to a close friend because then it's like, oh, this, this don't judge me if I tell them about what I'm going through with so-and-so. So a lot of times they hold that stuff in. When you hold things in, it eats you up inside. And I think that's a lot of the reason why a lot of these men is out here stressed out because they can't let it go. And we know stress and disease will turn to dis-ease. It literally will create disease in your body. What do you think, Wayne? I think, you know, I always had this, and I heard it before, too. They said, when you live in the past, you're in depression. And when you live in the future, you're in anxiety. But when you be in the, your present, where you're at right now, mm-hmm. mo- most of the time, it's peace there. So I think a lot of people, we got a lot, we have a hard time living right now what's going on right now. Not what's going on tomorrow, because we might not make it. Whatever happened yesterday, that's over with. We can't fix that. So I think a lot of people got a problem letting their past go. And when you live in that past, I just, I just seen people, even men, women, and when you think about the past too much and what you've done, you judge yourself. Man, that depression is, is a real thing out here. Yeah. But I think people just got a hard time living in the prison. I feel like social media has a lot to do with the mental health going on right now, too, because I feel like people are logging in and they're seeing these things. Like, I didn't grow up watching the news, so, like, I didn't see all of this stuff going on, but now I see it. It's, like, on the blogs. It's on people posting it, people making memes about it. So I feel like our world right now, we went through so much. The world shut down. That's big. Mm-hmm. Then it went back up, and it's we started getting all of these um, viruses and all of this. So it's like, it's a lot that happened these past couple of years that I don't think that people really realized that it was a lot on us. Yeah. And we don't, our community, I know for fact. We don't like to talk to people. We don't like to talk to therapists. We feel like, oh, no, I don't know them. We should talk things out more, especially men. Men feel like they can't be emotional because it's like, 
why you crying? So I understand why their mental is the way that it is. I want to know, Wayne, how do you get to that point where you constantly just living in the present? It'll take a lot of long time, really by yourself, and just, you know, what's really going on right now. And, you know, it take a lot of just positive, positive music, mm -hmm. you know, because you are what you eat. So if you listen to negative stuff, you know, all the time, you know, it's good. It's got to have a balance of that now. I ain't saying eliminate it. Yeah. But I'm saying it's like you really got to feed yourself with positivity and speak life into yourself. You Every day you got to, and then eventually you find this moment that you only listen to that voice in you because that voice that's in you been with you since birth. Your friend don't even know you like that. Your daddy, your mama, your sister don't know you like that person that's been with you through everything. So it starts with that voice that's in you. It starts being like, I don't care what nobody say. This voice in me says this. And when you listen to that, but in today's time, let's be honest, it's almost impossible. With social media, you're going to click on there, you're going to find something that you do not have. I don't got and people are faking like they don't care. So that's what mental health is. It's like faking like you don't got a disease, right? You, it's going to turn into something else gonna turn into something else. So people not attacking it because everybody truly is depressed. So we got depressed people trying to tell um, depressed people how, how not to, to be depressed. depressed. Yeah. Right. So we it's all just, dealing with yeah, something. Every, the blind leading the blind. The blind leading yeah. the blind, man. Yeah. You gonna know when you free because you really not going to care. The world is not gonna matter to you. And to get to that point, you just gotta be real with yourself and love yourself for real, because you can you you love somebody as much as you love yourself. So how does that look in a relationship? If you're in a relationship and your man may be depressed, what can we look for? Because like, I feel like men sometimes act out, or they yeah. just start doing random things, and that may be a sign of, I'm going through something. And a lot of times, women can ignore a man's emotions by not listening and actually seeing or paying attention to their man. But there's another side of that, too, because there's times where we, as black women, always have to nurse people back to health. Oof. And then it's like, I'm supposed to speak life into you. I'm supposed to also make sure you have food so when you get home, all you got to worry about <laughs> is making sure you got the money to pay the bills. You don't got to worry about what you're going to eat. You got clean boxes uh, to put on. I'm doing all of this, and now I got to yeah. help you mentally. Our kids are straight, and Ooh. I have to have energy to have sex, because if I don't, then you're going to get sexually frustrated, yeah. which messes with your mental as well. So I got to be everything, and that can be exhausting. Don't do all that, though. But what, well, tell us first, what is it? <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, what do you mean don't do all that? Because that, I think a lot of black men expect that role, exactly yeah. what no, she's saying. real man ain't gonna let you do all that for him. He gonna make sure you put that into yourself first. Because if you doing all that for me, now you raising a child, you just gonna create another weak man. So it's like, mm. you can't be putting all that yeah. into no man. You can't be washing my bosses all the time. You <laughs> like, man, better go, better go breathe for you. <laughs> I think a lot of it does stem from how we're raised, too. And when we think about, like, you guys, all three of y'all that are raising black boys, like, and you say leading by example, how do we lead them to show them that they can't talk about what they're going through? Because sometimes like, you don't even know you need help with something until you start talking it out. A lot of men wasn't raised to... they, Like you said, they'll be like... Stop crying. Why are you crying? You you know what I mean? Instead of allowing them to say how they feel or asking our sons, like, even, even with my son, he's four years old, but he talks very well. Why are you crying? Are you hurting? I want to know, are you hurting? Okay, you're not hurting, but why are you upset? Tell me why you're angry. Allowing them to talk, because our parents, the way we was raised, it was like, do what I say, don't ask me no questions. So we kind of get in that, okay, this is how I feel, don't say how I feel, just go with it. I feel like for me, too, with my, with my son, my mom always talked things through with me. My dad always, we are communicators down to the core until we get on each other's nerves. So when he goes through those little moments of crying, I'm like, he was telling me the other day, I'm angry. I said, what you angry about? I'm mad. I said, well, what does mad feel like? Mad feels like, err. And I'm like, well, what is err? And like, we break it down. He looking at me like, lady, I said I was angry. 
angry. Like, leave it at that. But no, I feel like you have to really, like, dig in with your kids, especially. Because I don't want him to grow up to be an angry kid or a mad kid. Like, you don't even know what you mad or angry about. So let's break it down. Explain to mommy why you mad. Like, you just got to take time. And patience is key, especially with kids. I love that, that nurturing side. What about you as a black, a black father? How are you, like, teaching your sons to deal with their emotional intelligence? Man, I be telling them, keep it real with yourself, and I tell them about the health. Because health is wealth. I seen the difference in even when I started taking care of myself health-wise, man. My even my lust, it's crazy. It's crazy. People gonna think I'm crazy, but I tell people when I was on that goddamn neck bone and stuff, I was I had so much lust in me at a young age. And I noticed after I stopped getting off certain things, I started becoming more mellow. So I think it really started with our health. And that's what people don't want to talk about the most, but I feel them because I don't I ain't the, I ain't the type of person to get on what people doing, but it's that health. And eventually your brain is the last thing you hit. But man, if you got there, if you got something going on with your heart, it ain't pumping right. It's gonna throw off your if your computer or your phone messed up, it's gonna do all kind of stuff because it ain't right. So your brain just is just all in some things that can't even heal. A conversation, therapy, and all that. So it's just like, man, people just gotta take care of themselves the best they can. Do that first, cause it's the first thing God gave us with his body. He didn't give us his watch, his ring, his chain. He gave us our body. So God gave us this. How can I wash my car or wash my chain? And ain't gonna take care of what God don't gave me. Wayne, you are so right. That's the truth, okay? Thank you so much for joining us. And the truth is, we all need somebody to talk to out there, whether it be a traditional therapist, a pastor, a friend, a cousin that you trust, or a, a wise uncle. Just talk to somebody, okay? Don't go nowhere. Up next, we got Derek Hayes. Keep it locked for more Black Girl Stuff. Can I talk about my anxiety? And how depression come in all varieties? They calling me a menace to society. Black man full of passion, they want to quiet Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Passion is everything. I tell people, if you don't have a... If you don't have purpose, you can never have passion because... It's going to be like driving a car with no headlights. You're going to be crashing. You can't yeah. see your vision. Yeah. And when you learn your purpose at what you want out of your life and what you want out of your dream, nothing can stop that. Oh, you unstoppable? Nothing. Unstoppable, uh, man. Yes. I'm super unstoppable. <laughs> I know that's right. That was our next guest dropping gems, and we're hoping he brought one of his famous Big Dave's cheesesteaks today. Derek Hayes, welcome to the BGS house. What's up? I ain't bring no cheesesteaks, but I... I love your cheesesteaks. Like, I've been a uh, fan since you. the first location. Thank you. On the east side. I'm a fan of yours, too. I appreciate so thank that. You, thank you. Yes, we yeah. definitely appreciate you being here. But first, I want to talk to you about a photo that you posted. And you said it was back in 2014 when you were working at the Shell gas station. Uh -huh. And all you had was a three-foot grill working on your cheesesteaks before we knew what Dave's cheesesteaks was. That's the one I went to. I feel like that hustle is super important for people to have. So Big Dave's cheesesteak has taken over the food industry. Can you tell me where you got the idea for this concept for your cheesesteaks? Um, my father. So I lost my father in front of my face. He took his last breath. Oh, I'm sorry. But before he had passed away, I had promised him that I was going to get out the streets. I was going to break all my generational curses. I was going to do the right thing. And yes. this was something that I believed in. And every time I wanted to quit, I thought about seeing him take his last breath. And, mm -hmm. and that's what got me here. Mm -hmm. That started oh. the journey. Well, God bless him. And I'm glad that you were able no, to use you. that pain to become something that's so detrimental in your it life. It gave me my purpose. Mm -hmm. So sometimes in life, we don't understand that we go through so much, but it's gearing us up for the big thing. And mm -hmm. that was my purpose with this brand. Like, I tell people... Big days may have got me here that people know who I am, but 
my message is going to keep me there because I'm going to keep on trying to motivate the men that look just like me and come from the community That's just like I yeah. do. We need more of that, yeah. okay? We do. No, for real, you are truly a walking testimony. Thank you. Like, Thank you. You have been very open with your troubled past as a child and, you know, your upbringing. I want to know, what was the moment that made you change your life for the better? I got tired of failing. You know what I'm saying? I got tired of making excuses. I got tired of saying, this is my last time, God. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get it together this time. I'm going to do better. You start sounding like a broken record to yourself. It's like when somebody telling you to believe in them. If you don't believe in yourself, how are you going to believe in somebody else? So I had to start being the wish that I wanted to see, the change that I wanted to see. So I started like keeping myself accountable for the things that I was holding myself on. Like I would say, I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to grind. I'm going to not buy no more clothes. I ain't buying no jewelry. I'm just sticking on my grill and, and building my brand. And that's how I got here. Sometimes we got to be different so people can understand who we are. When you fitting in and you're doing everything everybody else doing, sometimes the light will never be on you to see who you are as a person. But that's big. You said you, like, held yourself accountable. Yeah. So when you were going through that time, like, what's something that you were like, all right, if I want to make it, this is the mentality I have to shake. I can't take this any further. It no longer um, serves me. Sometimes it's the environment. You know, I'm not saying that you're supposed to, you know, run from everything that, that feels tough, but... Sometimes you got to put yourself around people that's smarter than you, that work just as hard than you. Somebody that you want to look at yourself and say, I want to be like that person one day. When you're around a group of people and nothing motivates you, how can you be motivated? Like, mm -hmm. my experiences and my journeys in Atlanta has been so different because even, you know, starting my business in a gas station, a lot of my buddies was in the mu damn music business. So I was in the studios. I was, you know, going to certain people's houses. I'm seeing how black men live in. And this is the things that gave me my motivation to say, like, I could do it, too. All I need to see it. Mm. So now I'm showing these young brothers, like, you ain't got to do certain things. You could be an entrepreneur. You can do these things and really get everything you want out of your life. And that's what I'm doing right now. I got 40-something tattoos on my body. Like, I tell people, I don't think as an entrepreneur out here in the streets representing what I'm representing. I'm really from the hood. I'm mm. really from the, the slums. I really made it out. I've really seen people go through a lot of situations and I had to see it with my own eyes and I get to share it with the world in a whole different lens. Ain't too many people can say that. Definitely, from trials to triumph, you just launched an initiative to give back to the community where you provide life insurance and mental health resources to black men. Can you tell us about that? For one, I wanted to do it because growing up, I seen, you know, a lot of, you know, whether it's friends or people around the neighborhood or different communities you grew up in, um, is a is a death. You gotta see a GoFundMe or a fish fry. I got tired of seeing all these things, and um, you know, me and Pinky, uh, it was a blessing that she coming from up north and she seen the, the same things with her life, and she wanted to help with the initiative. So we decided to put twenty five thousand life insurance policies on black men, and nice. with the help of Prudential, so everybody that makes under thirty thousand dollars less in income get an opportunity for one year free life insurance off of two entrepreneurs that just believed Shout in the mission and made it work. And That's how you do it. That's yeah. amazing. And you are thankful for Pinky being your partner. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like she's pushing you more or like you guys push each other more? As a man, can you say that she helps you win? I think the blessing of it is I really found real love. I mean, that's the first thing. And then she my friend. So like when I'm with her, like we hang together literally every day. I just feel like it's a blessing for me right now because I'm in a relationship that my partner is really my best friend. Like, I don't feel like, you know, and, you know, some guys, you know, they hang with their girls and be like, you know, I need a break. Or I, some of my homies, they'd be like, yo, let's get out, let's do that. But my, my person is my friend. That's the person that I enjoy being around. That's the person I like getting money with. That's the person I like enjoying my life with. And 
we tell each other real shit all the time. Like, we ain't just, like, in a relationship, like, where we just, like, everything is peaches and cream. We don't believe in something where each other's doing. We keep it real and we get it out the way right then and there. But the biggest blessing of the whole thing, I would say, is that we push each other. It could be four or five in the morning and whatever we got on our mind, we're going to talk about it and nobody irritated about it. And then she believe in anything I want to do. Yeah. There's no stopping you when you got somebody that literally believe in anything that you can do because they know you're capable of doing it. Mm -hmm. So That's a blessing. Well, you spoke about breaking generational curses and how important it is for you to keep that value in your family and also in your communities. Why is breaking generational cur curses so important to you? Well, before we get to the curse part, we got to teach our kids how to be financial literate. I could leave my kids a bunch of money, but if they don't know how to be financial literate with the money, they're going to blow it. Mm -hmm. yep. So before we get to the curse part, we got to go to the smaller part about it, and that's breaking the actual financial literate part. Mm -hmm. And then you teach your kids financial literacy. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the generational curses part. So we just all sound popular saying, like, let's break our family generational curses when half of us don't even know how to be financial literate with our own bank accounts. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the most important thing. But for me, um, it's real important because... I now built multiple different companies that make multi-millions multi of dollars a year. And I'm blessed to say nothing I touch right now flop. Mm. And I get to share that with my kids. But along the way, they're going to understand that this is how you control this credit card. This is how... Education, yeah. Yeah, this is... These are all of the resources and tools you need to keep you here. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to just be here. Like, I've been up and down so many times like a roller coaster. I know what it's like to have millions in the bank to go back down to zero, to get millions again to go back down to zero. Mm -hmm. But now I know how to keep it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to teach my kids how to keep it. Okay. And that's the part that I'm interested that's in right key. now. That's key. I love that. And speaking yeah. of your kids, you have a 10-month-old yeah. baby boy. Oh, yes. 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 Look, yep. all he is oh, like, other than financial literacy, what are some things that you're excited to be teaching him as a um, young black boy? One, um, just to give y'all something, my son was born on the day my father died. Ooh. So wow. my worst day of my life was July 6, 2009. Mm. And every time this day come around, I was always stressed out about this day. But my son came July 6, 2022. Ooh, and now I don't have a bad day in my life yeah. anymore. So God. that's the big that part of that. Yeah. Right? That's a yeah. full circle moment. I feel yeah. like my dad came back, to be honest. Like, I talk to God a lot. I think a lot of men, we grow up and we don't never be able to be able to show this love element of, of our lives. Yes. We gotta be so tough all the time. Mm -hmm. Like when you was a little boy, get back up, do this. Like mm -hmm. a lot of us are broken in the inside. So when we do get with a woman or we do get in situations, we're moving off a lot of hurt and sorrow yep. from the past. So I'm just trying to show men that, you know, it's okay to embrace it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's okay to come from tough backgrounds. Nobody want to be around a tough guy all day. I love that. Yeah. That's so inspirational. But from the blog to the bell, you recently had a viral moment yeah. with other entrepreneurs on Wall Street. That was heavy. What was that about? I ain't know until I got there, to be honest. I'm <laughs> like, you know, I see these things on TV. You know, yeah. I see the bell getting rung. But, you know, NASDAQ, like, you know, we from the hood. You know, that's something that we weren't always paying attention to until me. Being able to, you know, be a part of that entrepreneurs um, that rung the bell was amazing because I'm like, from the block to the bell, that was my caption on Instagram because I'm like, what in the world am I doing here? <laughs> like, this hard work that I've been pitting in all these years have got me in so many rooms and chances to be so much greater just by starting a cheesesteak on the three-foot grill in a broken gas station. Mm. So... I know that my, my purpose is going to be much bigger with, with Big Dave's, but I think right now what God is doing is he's using me as a reflection to go in certain places so other kids can see it out here in the world, and mm -hmm. that's what's been happening. I love that. Well, good for you. We proud of you. We support you with everything you do. You know you got fans in us. Derek Hayes, thank you so much for stopping by the BGS house. Don't go nowhere. Up next, we got Affirmations After Dark. Straight ahead on Black Girl Stuff.
If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. If you are a black woman, live your best life. Do not allow someone else outside of you to rewrite your narratives. Don't allow the generational trauma to make you think that that's all you can be. Do not allow someone else's idea of what it means to be a black woman dictate your reality. Make yourself happy. Welcome back to Black Girl Stuff. That was TikTok user Stephanie Shalowa telling us how to protect our peace and be happy at the same damn time. Now, when it comes to black women, we are often given the title of superwoman. Fixing it all, being it all, doing it all for everyone else but ourselves. But now times are changing, ladies. The Washington Post states, in this age of Michelle Obama, black women are rethinking the meaning of success and fulfillment. Many are concluding that self-empowerment is the road to happiness. So tonight, we're getting real about true happiness and affirmations after dark. What does happiness look like to you all? Happiness looks like waking up in the morning, you know, first of all, we gotta be blessed. That's with a big guy woke, woke us up. And also, just, you know, staying healthy, working out, making sure that I look good and I don't want to look good for nobody else but me. I love that. I think my version of happiness would be just, like, having the freedom to make my own choices and decisions and not out of fear, out of love, like, loving myself internally so much that I just feel happy about, like, what I'm putting forward. Because the external always look good. We all look good outside, but I feel like what's inside is what really carries you and, you know, explodes your happiness out. So. Are you beautiful That's on the true. inside? Right. Right. Outside. outside. Yeah, you gotta match. Happiness for me looks like family. I'm the happiest with them. It, it doesn't matter how far I get or what I accomplish. If I can't share it with my family, then what? Like, you know, they've been there from the jump. They was who gave me the confidence, who and was my backbone when I needed them. And, and I feel like I love running back and telling them, hey, I did this. It's almost like I'm doing it for them, but it's like us. Like, yes. we did it. Yeah. It I feels good. That. It makes me happy. Yeah, support, support system. Yeah. This actually forced me to do a lot of deep thinking because I realized that, and I, probably a lot of black women feel like this, that my happiness has always been linked to my productivity or my mm. success or me reaching my goals. But now I'm like you said, I should take more pride and joy in looking good and feeling good. Or even the small things like waking up and in the morning mm-hmm. or feeling secure within myself mm-hmm. or even the family that I do have because I'd be like, oh, I don't got a kid mm-hmm. or I'm not married yet. You know what I mean? But I should be happy in the things that I have accomplished but more so about the internal. Yes. So I'm going to work on that. And I also don't feel no... I never feel happier than when I'm butt naked on the beach. Okay. okay. <laughs> Take me to the beach. And let's raise our glass and toast to finding happiness in its purest form. So cheers to me finding happiness outside of my career. Okay. And cheers to me finding happiness we're just trusting the process. Okay. Mm. Yes. You Cheers to taking my time with my decisions and my choices. Just leading in love and not fear. I love that. Yeah. And cheers to the people who know us the best and still choose to love us. I okay. love that. Cheers. Cheers. I know I love me some Delion because it go down smooth. You already know it's owned by a black man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. <laughs> and that's all the show we have for now. Special thanks to all of our guests, Derek Hayes, Country Went, and of course, our beautiful guest co-host, Ms. Regine Carter. Yes. Thank you. You know, you Thank always you. welcome to the BGS yes. house, girl. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. Good night, everybody. Happiness. Boy, we
if you want to sell off for your business. All right. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.